Hi, I'm Jean Godfrey June, and this is Megan O'Neill. We are the beauty editors at Goop. And you're listening to Goop's podcast series, The Beauty Closet, where we talk about all things beauty clean, non toxic beauty, skincare, hair care, body care, self care, and the way we think about beauty, both as individuals and in the wider culture. Today is such a fun one. Every time I talk to the world-famous makeup artist Gucci Westman, I learn a new amazing glowy skin tip or under eye circle trick or some new easy, brilliant piece of advice to look instantly better and more rested. If you don't know her yet, her thing is glowy, natural looking skin. She can make anyone, no matter their skin type, look radiant and rested versus like they're wearing artful makeup to make them look radiant and rested. She's the founder of the gorgeous clean makeup line, Wexman Atelier, and we just could not be more into it. It's amazing. Gucci absolutely raised the bar in clean beauty. Wexman Atelier is every bit as non-toxic and good for you as other clean brands that we love, but it's absolutely a new level of glamour, new level of attention to detail, just pure chicness and luxury and unadulterated delight. You want that big gold mascara she had. I mean, you just want it. You want that lip compact with the stripes of gorgeous pigments. You want that cool, creamy foundation stick. She's competing against the coolest and most luxurious conventional brands that there are, like YSL, Glossier, Dior, on every level, packaging, texture, pigment, performance, everything. And she's the most. It just doesn't get more deluxe. Yeah. And like her foundation sticks have saved me. I have this raging acne lately and I just dot some on when I have a Zoom event and they require no skill because I have no skill when it comes to putting on makeup and they make your skin look kind of great and perfect in two seconds. So just a little bit about Gucci. She's had an incredible career as a makeup artist. She's worked with every celebrity, GP of course, there's a great pre-COVID video of the two of them on our site where she makes up GP in her backyard in the Hamptons. She's worked with Halle Berry, Nicole Kidman, Jessica Alba, Drew Barrymore, just to name just a few. She was the artistic director of Lancome and then of Revlon in the early 2000s. She's been the lead makeup artist for runway shows for every major fashion house from Oscar de la Renta to Diane von Furstenberg. And she's been the resident makeup artist on some of the biggest movies like Being John Malkovich and French Exit. I first met her backstage at an Oscar de la Renta show. It was up in his actual atelier in, on 42nd Street. And so it was super crowded. There were all these models and stylists and makeup and hair people, sketches all over the table, all crammed in between rows of gorgeous de la Renta's. You, you have one, right? It's like, it's black. It's so beautiful. If I were a rich lady, I would buy an OG Oscar de la Renta. I would too. And I do have one because my friend from middle school, when I got married, she worked as his publicist. So she invited me to his like showroom and my wedding present was picking a dress. So I have this amazing Oscar de la Renta dress and I so wear pretty. it all the time. And I just, it makes you feel different. It makes you move around different. Like I get it. <laughs> <laughs> he and I had the same birthday. I once got to have lunch at his country house and he took us all around his gardens. I have never seen such beautiful gardens ever in my life. And he was so funny, so elegant. Anyway, there was Gucci at Oscar de la Renta, island of cool, working away, answering questions as she made these models look even more incredible at the show. And that was sort of my first experience with her. 
Yeah, she makes anyone's skin look just next level. She can do all the pyrotechnics makeup artists get asked to do, of course. But she does that fresh face, natural, no makeup look better than just about anyone. And her skin is amazing. She turned 50 this year and she looks more gorgeous and energetic than ever. I love what she says about aging too. Okay, shall we get to Gucci? Yes. We are so excited to talk to you today. I'm always excited to talk to you. You've had a hugely successful career as a makeup artist. You've got kids, you've got a lot going on. Why start a makeup line and why clean? Oh gosh, I, mean, <laughs> I, I, that's a great question. And I feel like my entire life has been geared up to this moment. You know, Westman Atelier, of course, my kids and my family, but I've always been really interested in products and formulations. And I think a lot of that came from my time working with Lancome. And, you know, I was so hands-on and I worked with the labs directly. I, I was in Paris every two to three weeks. And, oh, and wow. I, yeah. And they were no joke. It was amazing. They really had me so immersed in the entire brand and the, the process from A to Z, you know? And so that mm. was really a huge inspiration for me and just how compelling it is, you know? And also when you spend time with the formulators, that's when the magic can happen. And I learned that, you know, early on and I feel really fortunate about that because it's through them. And if they understand your, your passion and your intention, then it can just really have some possibility. You can have this um, magic that you create together. So and then how did it get to, how did you get to clean? Because you really made such a change in the whole clean beauty industry in terms of you just took it up a notch, like a huge notch in terms of texture and glamour and beauty, the fun of beauty, but you managed to make it clean. But why was that important? Yeah, I mean, the fun. So I, I guess, you know, I grew up on an ashram. I've never had me, my parents were super, you know, hippie and spiritual and, I, we always were, you know, taught to to question ingredients when it came to food, and we never had anything white in our kitchen. No, you know, white flour, no white sugar, nothing, mm. you know, processed really. So, and they made all of, they made our cheese, they made our butter. They were really oh. into it. And my dad had his tent set up in the backyard, and he would just sit in there and meditate for hours and hours, and. I think it's just a lifestyle extension and I don't think I ever could have a line that didn't focus on wellness and the integrity of the ingredients. And I just think, you know, obviously there's a connection between a lot of questionable ingredients and people who suffer from a certain illness. I don't doubt it, you know, for one second. I felt that there was a big void in the market for something that focused on both luxury and ingredients and I thought wow that's a spot maybe for me <laughs> yeah, <laughs> filled it. yeah you know it's just either <laughs> like okay that side of the store or that side but there wasn't something that married the both and I thought okay well that's definitely what I'm interested in and it's it's not easy and you can see you know why more people don't do it because it's definitely takes a lot more time more money all of those things yeah but it's so rewarding that's so cool that you grew up in a kundalini ashram what else was that like it's 
of course, I, I have pictures from that time when I'm sitting meditating, you know, two years old. And <laughs> I, I vaguely remember, you know, having to wake up early and, and have the morning asana, morning meditation and all those things. And I remember the food, it, certain things about it, you know, Indian food, mostly. I, I actually thought it was a little bit weird. <laughs> I got given a name and it was hard to, to grow up with that. Hindu name, you know, the, the ashram name, because I, I grew up in Sweden. And so it was a little bit like, not matching. <laughs> yeah, so, so people always called me Gucci from when I was really little, you know, so my parents ended up changing my name legally when I was 10. Oh, wow. Yeah, to Gucci, yeah. because that's what everybody called me. It was I just didn't like Guru Charan, really. <laughs> It also means he who sits at the lotus feet of the guru and not she, which is like, yeah, like I'm like, really? No. Yeah, especially when you're little, like, I, yeah, there's nothing worse than sort of, yeah, having people view you in the wrong way. Yeah. What made you want to become a makeup artist? Well, part of the attraction was the fact that I wasn't allowed to wear makeup at all. And <laughs> So, of course, you put that in the equation and, you know, forbidding a child, a teenager to do something. And then there's always going to be a desire. Yeah. Rebel. So I would thank my mom a little bit for that. And um, <laughs> I used to actually paint a lot as a, a younger kid. I, I was always painting. And I remember just our bus rides. I lived in the countryside in Sweden. And on the bus, I would always be somehow solicited to do the girls makeup on on the way to school and it was a long bus ride so I found that really fun but I was always doing everyone's makeup and then I would sneakily when I got to school I would load it on and <laughs> I would wash it off before I went home and I did get caught a few times though that's so fun how did you make becoming a makeup artist like actually happen professionally did you have a, a big break yeah, and that is such a great question because I feel like there's so many talented people, so many stars in the world, and it's really so fortunate to have that opportunity to shine and, and to spread your wings, and it's not easy. I mean, it, it, there are many things that are involved, I guess, you know, timing, talent, and, you know, the chemistry really is is a big thing is mm -hmm. a makeup artist that you have to really be sensitive to to your surroundings and and to what's going to be asked of you because you're you're not a mind reader but somehow you're expected to really be sent super ultra sensitive it's almost like a psychology yeah for sure. you know Read what it. i mean don't yeah. you agree it's very i mean i think my break it was a series of different things and i feel also again that I was really fortunate to have combined both, you know, sort of TV videos. And then I did a couple of movies being John Malkovich and Buffalo 66. So I had my foot in a few different areas. And then at the same time, I had met Bruce Weber and Annie Leibovitz through Paul Jasmine actually introduced me oh, to. Okay. Yeah, he introduced me to Bruce and then Annie was Lori Goldstein. So I started to work with them, but they only hired me when they came to LA originally and only for editorial shoots. And of course, I didn't even really care about 
I didn't even know that there you could make money. I didn't even know about advertising. I didn't know about things. And also when I assisted, I assisted just a very short time. I never even knew to ask for the payment because I thought the agent would pay me. But <laughs> makeup artist, and you know how flaky makeup artists are with money, so frivolous. So I thought I can't really do this assisting thing that much longer because I'm never gonna get paid. Gonna get paid. <laughs> I was having so much fun. Just you know, I always felt that the time in the saddle is what matters, and then the the pay part will come later the financial will come later I just had faith in that and after I did being John Malkovich I was 29 and I thought I just want to get out of LA I want to see if I can have a hand in fashion I thought you know if I don't do this I'll really regret it for the rest of my life so I did it and, and I just you know I had no idea how it was going to work out. And I think really ultimately Grace Coddington gave me my real true break, you know, because yeah, yeah, I mean, she, I went to the Vogue office to meet her and Bruce actually told her about me. And so I went to meet her. And at that point I had two Vogue shoots on my calendar with her. And I was so excited. I did my makeup. And I did my makeup too much and I put an outfit on and I just, I think I tried too hard. I wasn't (laughs) like fashion enough. Mm -hmm. I went into her office and pretty much as soon as I left, both of the options came off. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh no. (laughs) I have, I have been looked up and down unfavorably also. Right. I know. Right. So where you're just like, oh my God, you know, and I totally respect your scorn. So I'm going to change now. <laughs> it's terrifying. I'm going to quickly change and I promise I will never put on mascara again. <laughs> oh, I felt so like, oh, I knew I put too much makeup on or I put like my outfit was too considered or something. Mm-hmm. You know? And then um, I think it was like maybe three weeks or a month passed. And then I had two more options, one with Bruce and one with Arthur Elgort. And at the end of those two, she ended up confirming me and Julianne Dees was doing the hair. And I remember it was incredible because I still didn't know she liked me after those two shoots. Mm -hmm. I felt so insecure (laughs) and I blew it, of course, you know, self-deprecating. And then we all were riding in the same van to the airport to go home to New York after both shoots. And I was at a different terminal and you know, they let me out and then Grace got out of the car and I was like, uh-oh. Oh my God. <laughs> and, and then she just looked at me and said, you know, I haven't found talent like, or seen talent like that since I discovered Pat McGrath. And oh I, want, I know, and I nearly died and I want you to be on my team. Whoa. <gasps> and I was like, what? I, I mean, and then I had to just go into the airport by myself. It was like, great. Oh. I had no one to really celebrate with and it was too late to call anyone in New York so after that everything changed very drastically and quickly I had suddenly every single day of every week was completely jam-packed with like a million Vogue shoots and covers and I I mean for for several years I I did every cover and it was crazy I know it was really wild oh good yeah I mean, that is a, sh- a 
serious, like I, I made it moment. Is there, was there ever a particular shoot or a fashion show where you felt like, oh my God, I could never imagine that this would have happened. You know, I made it kind of. Yeah. I mean, I don't ever feel like I ever made it. I don't ever, mm-hmm. I've never yeah. thought of it that way. I was always, you know, oh, I'm only as good as my last job, like that torture yeah. type of thing yeah. <laughs> uh, that you that comes along with being a freelance makeup artist. I mean, I think that the shoots that we did together with Grace, and I would say mainly it would be Julianne and I and Grace, I think those were some of the most memorable special shoots. They felt like a real story and that, you know, there was time and, and thought involved and they were never kind of frivolous short shootings it was always like proper you go somewhere for a long time and there's like a whole narrative that unravels and it was super inspiring to be a part of that and also we just had such incredible chemistry the three of us it was unbelievable we would just one of grace would say one word and then julian and i would just do our thing and it would just come out of us i mean i loved dangerous liaison we did a shoot that was based on that movie with gerard Depardieu. i really loved that shoot so cool yeah that was so cool and so kind of creative and then i loved this vogue cover with christy turlington and the yoga pose but that was with tawny oh i love that cover I, I love that cover too, because that was actually, we did so, a series of really not good pictures and we were pretty much going to call it a day at the end of the shoot. And then Tommy uh-huh. said, wait, let's try this. And then we were all like, oh, yes, because we never thought <laughs> that that would be a cover, but yeah. it was so cool that it was, you never, you know, you, I always feel like they do too much kind of consumer testing to see what should be the cover these days you know oh definitely yeah Yeah. it came just like a okay which one won okay that's it yeah but that was really special just so fun to that you never know what to expect that's Mm -hmm. the most fun part of I think the fashion industry it can also be really challenging and (laughs) yeah you know you girls both know it can just feel so lonely when you're always traveling on your own even if you have a family at home or if you don't it's hard to get to meet anyone when you're always you're yeah I remember Joe McKenna said to me once we were on this really long shoot in Spain for like a month like literally four weeks and he said to me, you know, you're going to be like the rest of them. You're going to be married to your makeup bag. And I was like, oh, God. no, I'm not. I'm married not. to your makeup bag. I know. I was like, I'm definitely not. I do feel like that was, you know, a, a frustrating part of the industry and also not really necessarily knowing what your schedule is ever. And, you know, having to miss weddings, having to miss important, mm-hmm. you know, events for people and, even if when, with your family, I remember on so many occasions making David rebook things. Yeah. Because I have an option and then the option goes away and you're just like, oh. And you're just like, it's not cool. It's so, so tricky. But it's, it's really special at the same time. So you can see why it's addictive, you know, like that you're yeah, in the good, world. bad, good, bad. <laughs> yeah. And you just keep wanting more, you know, it is also as a creative person, it's so important to get your rocks off, mm-hmm. you know, and, 
and you don't necessarily get an opportunity to do that too often, especially with the level of talent, you know, like, mm -hmm. so it yeah. feels really like, oh, okay, I needed that. How did you get, you're famous for creating, you know, effortless, glowy, beautiful, natural looking skin. How did you evolve into that aesthetic? Well, I think I've probably told both of you that used to mm -hmm. be the number one kind of thing that any journalist would start my interviews with over the years. And how it, do I do that? Yeah. And it used to be like, oh, I can do so much more. It used to like have that effect mm -hmm. on me. But then, you know, I decided that I was going to really take ownership of that. And I think that now I'm really so focused on being able to teach people, men, women, how to do that kind of skin that looks like you're just really well and you're an amplified version of yourself and you really emphasize everything you have. And I think I really sort of, I don't know, I learned how to do makeup like that on my own. Like I always, I always wanted to see the skin and I never really liked the, the concept of masking your skin. I always feel like women look and feel better when their skin is at their most beautiful and not necessarily made up to look that way. I always loved the idea of celebrating women for what they are and making them the best version of themselves as opposed to transforming them. I just played around with all these different kind of textures and layers and things. And I really have also always been really attracted to hybrid products. I always used a lot of skincare elements within the makeup process. Right. So I've always just been a part of my philosophy. I didn't really know how that happened, I think, but maybe it had something to do with going to makeup school in Paris and we had to practice on each other. Mm -hmm. and so were so heavy-handed you know when we and were you'd end up and, well I just re remember thinking gosh that feels really gross and I would never want anyone to feel that way yeah you know yeah. like packing it on it's like why would you ever want to feel that way now of course their their products are so much cleaner but then there was they're packed with silicones and yeah, all yeah. The, you know questionable ingredients and so then you're just like your skin feels disgusting and there's mm -hmm. like my least favorite feeling like i can't stand that your your products feel so light and they're clean what were were there roadblocks you faced in formulating it like that god i mean absolutely it was not easy even coming up with what i was going to start with i remember david saying okay you need to get an office and then ideas will come and I remember just Ooh. twiddling my thumbs, look, like that, in my office in Chelsea. I was just sitting there, like, looking at the walls and looking at all the pictures I put up and everything, and nothing was coming out of me. Then I decided, okay, I know a lab that I really respect, and they're mostly known for innovation and color. And I worked with them for a long time with Lancome and Revlon, so I knew them, which was a big factor. And I, I wanted the performance to really, to not have to worry about the performance. And so we started off and I said, okay, I'm gonna challenge you and I wanna do an organic line of makeup. So we did that for nine months and I was, you know, just rejecting everything left, right and center. Mm -hmm. and then down one day with the head of R&D at, at uh, the lab that launched, you know, our initial range. I said to her, I don't think this is gonna work. 
you know, and she said, no, you're a makeup artist. You're familiar with the most incredible performance. We can't, we can't launch something that's not going to, you know, um, something you'd use. Yeah. Your expectations. Like, are you going to use this in a fashion show? I was like, never. Mm -hmm. and, and so that's at the end of the day, it really made it very clear that organic doesn't resonate for me when it comes to makeup because it, it has to perform. And, you know, I think that anyone will try a product, but if it doesn't work and it doesn't earn your trust, then there's absolutely no reason for it. You know, I wanted the performance to be as on par with any other favorite luxury makeup brand that I absolutely would trust, you know, use with my eyes closed. And I wanted, you know, obviously we had to follow this really rigid blacklist that we created with our mm -hmm. chemist, who's an advisor for us. And the pages just keep getting added as yours go. We, now yeah. we just keep evolving and it's fascinating. Do you ever think that, is it just that the technology is not there with organic yet? Or do you think someday it may arrive? You know, I don't think so because with organic, it's a little more rigid when it comes to the science and the synthesis of, of products, ingredients. And yeah. Really, you know, what we've learned is that sometimes the synthetic option can be a much more responsible choice. Definitely. For you sure. know, and, mm -hmm. and that's where you have to be a little bit more open-minded and you really have to know your shit. To be on top of it as, as things do evolve and we gain new information. Our green chemist who works with us is phenomenal and she's always advising on, you know, on what we should be looking at in terms of new ingredients, alternative ingredients. And, and I also really wanted to focus on active skincare benefits mm -hmm. that we would include at efficacy levels. And that's something that was fascinating to me because our lab told me that mostly they've never heard of a color brand that includes active ingredients at, at functioning levels. It's always yeah, where it's and, they and throw it, it in as a thing, yeah. Yeah, it's like a drop, and then you can say that there's green algae or blue algae from wherever. <laughs> yeah. But that was shocking to me, and at that point, it was mostly found in skincare, not so much in color makeup. So I thought that that's really interesting because I have rosacea, I have a lot of skin sensitivities, and I think a lot of people suffer from inflammation, whether they see it or not. Mm -hmm. You know, mm. and. You know what I mean? So yeah. it may not be something that's visible, but you know, I absolutely do think why are, what's the point of just putting this product on to cover? I want it to do more. I want it to heal and soothe my skin. Yeah. And everything should be multi-purpose to me. I, I just feel like, you know, we're such multitaskers. Yeah. So why shouldn't our products do the same? And were there things you picked up in your career as a makeup artist that helped you create West Natalia, you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, for sure. When I, when I decided on the lineup, that was all about back to your question of the skin. That was how I decided to start with this edited complexion system, you know, that you would have everything you need to create this incredible, you know, skin. So that was... Foundation, literally. <laughs> yeah, I thought it's never going to be right if I launch with a lipstick. You know, that's so mm -hmm. not me as a makeup artist. And that would just, that's like obviously very 
true to who Tom Ford would be to launch with makeup artist. And so then I was kind of like, what am I known for? What should I? And then of course I was like, oh, duh, you know, I have to do the skin. And so, and so that's how that happened. And it felt really super intuitive, you know, and it felt like suddenly things started to unravel, you know, and like, oh, this is it. This is it. And then I wanted to start with sticks because I feel like they're so easy to use. And I wanted the line to be really kind of a nice addition to a, a woman's day. Mm-hmm. I wanted to feel like such a, you know, a confident boosting moment that, wouldn't feel overwhelming and intimidating. I wanted to feel super, super easy and fast and, you know, be really little, little products that you can trust and that will make your day, you know, and I wanted it to look and feel beautiful. And you so succeeded. (laughs) Now we, we must badger you for tips. Um, (laughs) So um, number one thing we get asked is um, under eye circles. Under eye circles are so tough depends on what color the under eye circles are but if you do have for example purplish brownish Mm -hmm. it really helps to take your time and consider the colors you're using and if you use something with with a slight kind of apricot undertone you know to start with it may Mm -hmm. look like the the wrong color initially it's a little orangey you know but that attracts the blue a little bit of that and I would say nothing too cakey you know because then it can look kind of yucky but if you start there you know just lightly also I really like radiance under the eye you know if it's dark you can add for example I really like adding like nectar or lit up lit you know under the eye highlighters yeah under the foundation and then you add a little bit of this like kind of apricotty shade to you know, your circle area and then over that you have to layer so then you end up matching your skin tone then you layer oh. with your, your okay. concealer shade and then it kind mm-hmm. of just balances itself and another good tip is if you're wearing a bronzer or a, a cheek color if you bring it up a little bit higher and it deflects Ooh. the under eye circles a bit Ooh, yeah, that's a good one i'm so gonna do that <laughs> yeah i mean i have the opposite i get like puffy and and pale both i definitely i have i have like dark and then puffy and pale and you're like what do i do with that i think you could do a little bit of the apricotty you know thing and then you're probably like a vital skin two and maybe four but you should you you could try the apricot here and then two on top of that and i mean bringing for an, a bad example, I don't want people mm-hmm. to cringe and freak out. <laughs> Donald Trump obviously has that, yeah. Right? Because it looks so puffy when it's so pale. Oh, yeah. Yes. That was a horrible example. I'm sorry, but I couldn't think no, of but it. Clear but I know what you mean. Yeah, it's like that, you know, that, that tanning booth, like people put something over their eyes and then it looks funny. People yeah. think of pale is what you need to cover a dark circle, but it's not always that. No, I always put my bronzer under my eyes. And it also then makes your skin feel more like it's connected to each other and it's not like, you know. It zones. <laughs> zones, oh my God, the zones kill me. Mm-hmm. Okay, what about breakouts? Gosh, breakouts. I'm obsessed with my spot checking brush because you it's can- It's so good. But she can also really target the little areas. And I think that 
that's a, a great way to preserve the integrity of your skin when you just kind of like go for the targeted areas and then you may need to really assess the color choice, you know? So, cause if it's a red spot, you may need something that's slightly darker in shade mm. and then you go over it with a lighter shade. I always think you for sure need at least two shades to really do good spot coverage because you don't want to make it too light because then it won't raise. And also sometimes a little bit of setting powder can help to okay. make to keep it in intact, you know, when you when you have like a breakout. I was gonna say your foundation stick works as concealer and as foundation, which is brilliant. You know, I, I feel like that makes me feel more confident. Yeah, you know? I mean, that's how I use it actually. And I just think it's so much listen, I, I do of course love a liquid but i think it's just so much easier to control a stick mm -hmm. and it's less fussy less messy yeah you don't get it all over everything yeah, you know you get it so much excess when you have a liquid and it's like oh, i always yeah. have like god why do i, just, I yeah i try to put it on my hands and i'm like don't I, it on my shirt and i'm like oh i know and then it gets all on the cap and everything and it's like oh or your makeup bag if it explodes. I know. Yeah, I just wanted to start with something that was super intuitive, and that's why the sticks, and that's how I use it. Concealer, foundation, and it's just fast. Yeah. Because it has the radiance, but it also can have the coverage, which is nice. Is there an ideal light for trying on makeup shades? I mean, natural light is the best. Daylight. You know, sometimes have you ever experienced when you do your makeup and you feel really like good about yourself and then you go outside and you're like, oh, like if you see oh, a mirror, it a yeah. like, oh my God, how did that happen? Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Daylight. I mean, when I do makeup, if I can, I always go outside. Like okay. if it's not free, of course in the winter, but yeah. Um, you go by a window or in studios, but I do like the window, the natural light. I'm always turning, you know, the girl toward the, the windows because you just get, you never get the true thing. Gray is the worst gray, mm -hmm. like wall color. Oh yeah. Really, yeah. It just ends up like being very flat, you know, so you don't, you have no balance and you have no perception of really what it looks like. So you're putting on too much in that case. Cause you're not. Yeah. Yeah. And how, how do you, what's the best way to find your perfect shade? Like, is it the inside of the wrist trick or the jaw? You know, something you that's a really great, I think that's so hard, especially now when there's so much virtual, you know, and all everyone's screens look different, but I think that I always kind of try it over here. On the side of your cheek, sort of under. Yeah, your... Pretty much. If something works here, it's going to work here. So we you can know, either do our forehead or sort of the side of our cheek. Yeah. I mean, the wrist is like such a different color from your face. Yeah. And there's, you know, you have all your veins running through. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. and your hand is also kind of deceiving, but that is, that is super tricky. And I think it's really about trying to, if there's images of somebody who looks like they might have a similar skin tone to you, you know? Yeah. So, like on a brand's website, because that, that will really be a good indication of, okay, that might work for me. I mean, our shades are super um, blendable. So I feel like I can wear so many shades. I can make so many shades work. 
And you mentioned having rosacea. How do you deal with that skincare wise and then makeup wise? So skincare wise, I have to say I've been using a few different things. I never stick with the same thing for too long because I feel like it's almost like eating the same food every day. Yeah, yeah. It stops responding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got to keep it in shape. (laughs) Yeah, you got to keep it guessing, you know, and (laughs) and, uh, be reactive in a good way, responsive. I love exfoliating. I love the goop glow. I do that. Oh, good. Every week. So good. I love it. I too. do that every week, and I really like the goop jeans, the cream in the pot. Oh yes. So yes, I've been yes. using. I kind of play around a little bit and see what my skin feels like. It has to be just active enough without, like, you know, causing a freak out. I also like the Tammy Fender has a really nice plant milk. Oh, I love that. Um, I love oh, that, God. and it's like it's super like soothing. She's also, amazing. Yeah, I had like she, a facial with her. It's the most soothing thing on earth. <laughs> oh, you did? Yeah, you got to do oh. it if you haven't. Where, where though? Is she in LA? She's no, she's in Palm Beach. Like you, you know, you have to like. You would think like Palm Beach, really? And what? I mean. Yeah, no, she, it's crazy. She she has like at the same time she has a as a woman doing ugh, reflexology. reflexology on your feet, like for the entire time that she's doing like everything with essential oils with everything and like she is a miracle worker. No crazy. way. She like if you're ever in Palm Beach, like there it's the first thing to do. She comes to New York sometimes. Well, I just love her approach and the rose. Oh, the- rose. The, the, yes, it's like in the in the black, the new rose cream. I literally, I have, I have it on my face right now. I love it. I like that a lot. I do use some devices. I have, you know, the Desi, you know, LED. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I have that. I do that. You know, not as frequently as I should. And then I just try to, you know, these Rifa devices I like and the Dermapore. Mm-hmm. Oh cool. I, I, oh good. I, yeah, I do that like once a week and. With makeup, I mean, it's all about patching everything up and pretending that my skin is great. <laughs> Your skin looks really great right now. So. Oh, it always looks great. Yeah, I've, I've never seen it not looking it's, great. It's totally not, but I can fake it, and so can everyone. I use this a magnifying mirror. mirror. A magnifying mirror is, I have a major magnifying mirror. Oh, wow. Really? Ooh, I don't want that. Yeah. You do, <laughs> like, though. I need glasses, but it, I just like seeing, you know, what everything looks what like. Your, what it looks like, yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's good. <laughs> we did an in-group health with you, and you taught us to use eyeshadow in such a fresh, modern way. Like, it looks so natural instead of, like, makeup, and it's, like, this eye-lifty thing. Can you run us through that again? Because it's just the best tip. Everyone should know it. Yeah. I think that really, I guess, because I have so much time like playing around with the makeup and it's really, if, you know, we take a little time and look at things a little bit differently. And I do think it's a good moment for that because we are spending more time maybe on these wellness routines and rituals to make ourselves, you know, feel better and have that little time you know it's kind of honestly intuitive yeah but I have dark droopiness on the sides of my eyes me so, too yeah so I I just really love the idea of using because a highlight shade for me is it really about like the 80s and 90s you know under the brow anymore yeah. 
I think that looks really dated and, mm-hmm. and it creates this really like not modern eye to me. So I think, you know, you use it as an opening kind of shade. So it opens things. So it will mm-hmm. open up your area between your eyes, create more space. And then for your outer eyes, if you do have any darkness or if you do want to create this more sort of like ethereal, open, extended, lifted eye, then mm-hmm. you highlight as well just with your fingers or a little brush, you know, after you've done your eye, you know, I always like to do my darkest shade kind of up to my socket from my lashes up to my socket. And I like to blend it. And so it's soft. And then you also, with the highlight, you end up lifting the shadow a little bit because. So you're sort of thinking of like, almost like a Sophia Loren shape, like eyelinery, you know, but you're doing it with the the, the lighter shade. Yeah, you use a brush, obviously, for more of a defined look, but it just also feels really soft mm. and interesting because you you don't think it looks like a cat eye per se, but it looks yeah. just it feels like it's modern and cool and like oh that sh- her shape of her eye looks really pretty, yeah. Good, but you're not like sure. And I love the idea of not being able to put your finger on something. You know, like, what is it? You know, I love the allure of, you know, like, it doesn't look like you could figure out how to do that. Yeah, you're just like, oh, yeah, like, style, so cool. Yeah. (laughs) Is that makeup or is that how she looks? You know, I just like the idea of faking. What about bronzer? Because I typically think about bronzer as something for white skin or lighter complexions, but should people like me with darker skin tones, like, how, how do we wear bronzer? Well, I think. Absolutely. I think we all can benefit. You know, I think it can be really nicely mattifying, can add a little bit of depth to darker skin that I think is so beautiful. It just feels like it also can even out your skin tone nicely. And I just think it's a little bit of a tone that we all can benefit from. And it can be so subtle. It can be so gorgeous. Because then other colors look also even more amazing, like, you know, cheek colors, eye colors, lip colors, when you have, you know, the contrast of your skin. And, you know, I just think it looks really beautiful. And also, you know, you can have more lightness in certain areas where you would want to have a little bit more depth. Yeah. You can just even that out kind of easily with, you know, a bronzer. Like the the coup de soleil would look so nice on you. For aging skin, I think women always worry about that, you know, you get to an age where wearing too much makeup is going to make you look older. How do you, how do you gauge (laughs) how much makeup to put on, you know? So true. I think as a rule, you know, you don't want to wear a lot of powdery products as you age. Mm -hmm. You you don't want to wear heavy powder. I'd rather be super glowy than super matte all day long. Yeah, I agree. I'd rather be like a shiny grease ball. Thank <laughs> you. Definitely. You know, I just feel like you look so much more youthful when you have the radiance as opposed to like really powdery looking. I think anything like harsh lines, like with harsh lipstick lines or eyebrow lines, any lines really are very aging in general. Like a severe eyeliner will definitely make you look older than you are. But I, of course, think that there's a time and a place and sometimes, you know, women have like, that's their thing. Yeah. And it for sure does mature you. 
you know, because yeah. it, it's more effort and it looks a little bit more. But I think that the the radiant skin is more youthful. Spending more time on creating the kind of skin finish you would like, and then you know, layering and adding. You know, I think blush. The older you get, you don't want yeah. a lot of pigmentation and you know, foundation, and then a very pink blush. If your skin, mm-hmm. you know, you want to kind of um, be and sensitive. And the powder thing again, too. The powder thing, and that's a really common look. You know, yeah. I feel like that could be avoided, and and the creamy textures are so much nicer. Maybe a softer cheek color, so much prettier, mm-hmm. and um, really avoiding that powder powder look the topic of of youthful you are 50 and amazing looking is it jeans is it diet is it exercise what what do you do oh gosh (laughs) i feel stronger than i've ever felt i do exercise pretty consistently and i do eat pretty consistently i'm pretty clean with what i eat i don't eat i've never had meat i eat fish you know once in a while less and less, but I pretty much have the same kind of thing for lunch every day. I'll have chickpeas with fermented cabbage and spinach, maybe a little avocado and some, you know, brags and, and I love these chili flakes called mother-in-law. It's like, Oh my God, I love mother-in-law too. Yeah, I have that too. Oh, good. We put that on broccoli and put it on a sheet pan, like Chinese broccoli with the mother-in-law and a sheet pan it's freaking insane oh and my god kimchi. <laughs> yes they have kimchi, kimchi. Yeah. oh my god i love kimchi pancakes Ooh, we um, mastered like gluten-free kimchi pancakes oh my oh. god Do you so almond or almond flour yeah almond flour chickpea fava bean uh, i love chickpeas i have like chickpeas and lentils as my protein kind of like the main yeah, and the more, I don't know, the older I get, the more kind of I eat that way. At home, for sure, that's what I have. Like, And every time I do a cleanse, I kind of like eat sort of clean longer and longer and longer. Like maybe, mm-hmm. another, you know, of course I like to indulge. And last night I had this truffle cacio in pepe pasta that was ridiculous. Yum. Yeah, it was so good. And then, you know, I, I may not exercise for a week, but it's okay. Cause when I get home, I just, I feel like I don't beat myself up as much anymore, with, mm-hmm. you know, as I used to, because I know I'm consistent when I'm, you know, right. Yeah, you know yeah. yourself. Yeah. And it just makes you feel better. Yeah, definitely. True. Are there any super goopy alternative practices you're into? God, I tricked our kids and I said that we were going to um, Missouri to practice the Wim Hof breathing technique. Oh, so good. I know, but I was like, and they said, you packed warm clothes though. And I said, yeah, but th- have you seen Wim Hof, how he does it? You have to just yeah. train your body. <laughs> um, I Listen, I feel like I learned so much from the goopiness of it all. I learn and I really am so inspired by all of the articles you guys put together and just the, I feel like it's so innovative and the information, I feel like it's so up my street. Mm. You know, and and I, I just love that everything is really accessible and it's super helpful, I think, in a day-to-day life, you know, because you can, you know, you just learn more about cooking, more about 
lifestyle. I'm super interested in wellness and, and combining all of those things together. We talked a, a little about this earlier, but the, the intimacy and the trust that you have with your clients, you're touching their faces, you're getting right up in their personal energy. Does that ever make you feel exhausted, sort of taking in someone's personal energy? If you work with the same person over and over and over, it can be, you know, it's kind of, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like they've got their insecurities and all their things, and it's like, man, I know. I mean, I feel really lucky to, to work with really cool women consistently. Mm -hmm. I mean, regularly, you know, but of course there have been times that it's super tough and you're just like, really? Whoa. <laughs> whoa. Yeah. Like, whoa. Big time. Whoa. Yeah. Just like, what, what do you want from me? But it's like definitely psychology lessons for sure. Yeah, energy is real. Like even when we were back in the office and just sitting so close to people, like you take on things and, you yeah, know, sure. like safeguard against it. Yeah, you totally take on things. I mean, now I guess it's so far on the other spectrum where we're not having enough human contact, but just seeing yeah. your faces today and talking Likewise. With, like, together feels so good and heartwarming. Yeah, but I, same. But I do feel like, you know, the energy can be so energizing and such a positive in, in your day, or it can be incredibly like depleting. But I really miss when we would have these incredible brainstorming days, like several people on our team, and we would come up with like 10 things that were incredible. Oh. You know, so, you know, and you it's different when you do it over Zoom. Of course, you still do it, but it's not that like, <gasps> you know, yeah, like that total rush where you're like, yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I had an in-person meeting with our packaging girl a few weeks ago and it was like, I'm still just like blown away by all the things that we have coming because you forget about all these projects because you don't see them, you know, they're going every on day on your, and then you see the real package and what it's going to look like. That's you know? a perfect segue. What for our last question, where do you, what are these new things? Like, where do you want to take Westman Atelier? Oh my gosh. I mean, it's so fun. Well, we named it Westman Atelier partly because we really wanted it to be a reflection of, of my lifestyle and things I'm interested in. And so that could be really many things. It doesn't have to just, you know, be makeup or kind of like in that cosmetic world. It can be other things. So oh, cool. I'm excited about some of that if, if that's a little bit of a teaser. And Same. yeah, so, so that's super exciting. And I, I'm also really excited about our commitment to, to becoming more sustainable. So we will be, our compacts will be the first thing to be refillable later this year. Oh, and so cool. Yeah, it's a big undertaking, but we're completely super excited about it. And we really hope that our customers support you know, this endeavor, because it's really something I think we all need to participate in is we need to make the wiser choices. And even if it's a different lifestyle, a different thing for you, we just have to support each other and, and do what's right. So that's exciting. Mm. And, and then, you know, it's going to take a while for the whole brand to be refillable, but we're doing, you know, what we can little by little. 
That's uh, that is inspiring. I'm glad to hear that. I'm just, everyone wants to change, but it takes being able to make the choices to have the, you know, okay, I can buy something resellable. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it does. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not necessarily, everybody's not, you know, it's not what we're all used to, but we all have to do things differently. And it doesn't take, you know, it just, we, it's something we obviously are so adaptable. You're going to make it cool and stylish also. Like you're going to make it a thing. People are like, oh, I need that thing. You know, I know it. So <laughs> uh, I, mean, I think we have it. to make it cool and stylish because I think knowledge is luxury is the, at mm. its purest form, you know, because now we know that we've really messed we have to change. it up. And we have yeah. to, we got to do something. Do something. Yeah. I mean, mm. so yeah, that's exciting. And you know, maybe there might be some skincare elements involved at some point. Oh, so exciting. Yeah. Well, we, we always love like talking to you and hearing what you're doing and you're just, oh, and we love just like getting a box from you and opening up something new and being like, oh my God, I just didn't think this thing could ever exist. And here it is. You're always surprised and delight to sound super cliche, but oh, it's really true. Jean, gosh, I'm so grateful for that. And it, it's so nice to to have the, that kind of feedback because it really makes you believe that, you know, you're on to something. Definitely on to something, Gucci. <laughs> I, I really love the, you guys are doing it, Goop. I feel like we are like the perfect kind of like partner. Okay, Gucci is so incredible. Yeah, she always everything she says. I'm like, yeah, right. like she got us to wear she got us to wear eyeshadow. You and I hate eyeshadow, and after we tried her trick of swooping it upwards, you know, which she described again for us, like it's just so it's like, so not eyeshadowy. Like, yeah, you and then, talk about how you hated eyeshadow. <laughs> yeah, I never. I'm always like, <laughs> talk all you want about it. I'm not wearing it, you know. And she convinced me, like, you know, it's this this light like what she was saying though you can't really tell is it just the person is really beautiful or did they put on makeup it it's what you want it's certainly yeah. why you wear it I guess and we totally agree like apologies to any Matt fans oh, yeah. <laughs> but I agree with her that like I thought I was old starting at age 25 and so I've always been wanted a dewy instead of a matte I I guess my early exposure to makeup when I was first in New York was like this, you know, really matte was really in style. Like it, it, it like matte sort of neutral beige lipstick and like matte skin and kind of harsh oh liner. Yeah. And it looked like this New York lady that was like sophisticated. And I was like, I never want to be her cause she's old, <laughs> which of course is ageist and hideous. And I'm much, probably much older than that lady now, but <laughs> the idea that you could show your skin, I think, yeah, like skin is beautiful. As I get older and I look at at younger people's skin, it's just it's crazy to put foundation on younger people's skin. It's because it's yeah. so beautiful. Like, yeah, it is. And and she's so right, just about skin being beautiful. Like skin yeah. is like alive, and like even if it's not perfect skin, it just has this quality. Like it's breathing, and it's yeah. alive. And it, it just shines through. And I had this girl early on that I worked with at Elle, this art director, and she was always like, you know what a zit is? A zit is a big advertisement on the middle of your face saying, I'm not old. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <it's> <laughs> and yeah. 
once again, it's not bad to be old, as I can attest. However, like sort of accepting what your skin is giving you to some degree. Yeah, those good oils. Now how, like, what's your favorite thing for like enhancing that glow? I mean, yeah, I just want to look like sweaty and like, yeah, <laughs> like saying, greasy. Like I so much <laughs> prefer that than a matte. But I mean, I, face oil is just like, yeah, me too. Glow, you know, it is. I put it on all the time. Face oil and, and a, a spritz, like a face mist and a face oil. I do that all day and it's just instant, like glowy amazingness. Yeah, I agree. I love like the, the goop face oil. I love, I love Demoniel okay. face oil and I, I love La Fortuna. It's like a bi-phase and it just oh, it smells so good. I love a spritz too. And I always forget a spritz. Oh, I, I have just Tata Harper just sitting right next oh, to me all I, day. Screaming. I have that one right next to my bed. And whenever I do it, I'm so happy. And then I yeah. forget about it for like two weeks. And then I'm like, oh, I should do that. All day. <laughs> I got to put it by my computer. Yeah, that's you did. That's what I have to do. Mine lives right here. Also, that's so funny. She said she became a makeup artist partly because her mom was like, you can't wear makeup. Like, <laughs> the back so good. Were you allowed to wear makeup when you were a kid? Yeah, I grew up in like the 70s and 80s. And I feel like it was like kind of free range parenting. Like nobody was like looking at what makeup you were wearing or whatever. But at least my parents weren't. Maybe it was Northern California. I remember the first makeup that I got really excited about. I can't remember if I bought it or my friend bought it. But we, like a bunch of us were getting ready for a dance. And we had like a Lancome eyeliner stick, like the coal. I think they still make it. And like... We were just like, yeah, you do this. And like, yeah, you know, <laughs> we, were, we felt so cool, so sophisticated, like, and it probably was totally wrong. We're all like, you know, sharing it or whatever, but we, we just thought it was so cool. And then I broke out all the time. So concealer was just the You're most important so thing to me. I remember being a freshman in college and staying at my boyfriend's and getting up in the morning and going in and putting on concealer before he would wake up, which is just so crazy. Oh my God. Like, you know, I was just so attached to it. I was like, no one can see me without, you know, this like, God knows what I look like. It probably looked insane. I definitely did not have Gucci Wesson's touch. <laughs> what about you? Were you allowed to wear it? No, I wasn't allowed to wear it. And and I had a similar situation. So I, I've only stolen one thing in my life and it was a, a gold wet and wild lipstick. Oh my God. <laughs> and mom was like, you can't wear makeup. It's like, you look like a tawdry woman or something. Oh my God. And I like went and stole a lipstick. <laughs> It's, that's, I mean, that, that is the thing that people always like kids stealing things. My sister stole chewing gum because we weren't allowed to have chewing gum. And when you're, when you're young, you kind of think all the adults know that you're not supposed to have it. That you know? is true. Yeah. Like, like she, she had like an allowance and stuff, but she right. just was like the, the checkout lady will obviously know that I'm not supposed to have gum. <laughs> Wait, that's so funny because my brother wasn't allowed to have gum and he took it off the sidewalk and ate it. Oh my God. <laughs> Even worse. The lesson here is don't like deprive your kid if they're obsessed or something. When Gucci was talking about the, how, you know, there was never a white flour or a white sugar. I never had like a white bread or anything. And like, I would go to somebody's house and there would be white bread and I would eat like half a loaf of it. <laughs> like it was crazy. Same. Same. And I always wanted like Chef Boyardee because my mom yeah. would make things from scratch. And I just like, I couldn't get enough of it at someone else's house. So on the site, I do a column called Megan Tries It, and you do one called Ask Jean, and we get a whole bunch of beauty questions. And we're going to answer them all here, right now. 
Yes. So should we get into today's Ask Me Anythings? Or maybe ask us anything? Yes. And if anyone's listening and has a question they want us to answer here, just send it over to Goop on Instagram or Facebook. It could be about self-tanner, crow's feet, dry shampoo, parabens, our favorite bath soak, non-toxic lube. Or anything else. Now to today's question. Sarah S. wants to know, she says, I'm having to use only oil-free products right now, and I'm having a hard time finding good ones, especially in the cleanser department. I was wondering if you might be able to recommend some oil-free products for a basic skincare regimen. Okay, good question, Sarah. So, so that whole premise that that you must have oil-free if your skin is sensitive or, you know, whatever it is, breakout prone was sort of made up in the 80s by beauty industry people. And the yes, like certain oils are not great for skin and clog pores, like mineral oil, you know, and byproducts of petroleum. But plant oils, you know, botanical oils like a hoba or meadow foam or rosehip, those are really, really great for all skin types. And, and they can actually, you know, if you're oily, they can help balance out the oil production. And if you're dry, they can be really, really effectively hydrating. So I say go for botanical oils and botanical oil cleansers. Like the one from Tata Harper is incredible. It's super hydrating, but it also, you know, sweeps away dirt and oil and you wash it off and it leaves no residue. It's just like silky skin behind. And then there's a line called Pie Skincare and their their whole thing is they're made for sensitive skin. And their hero product is this rosehip oil. It's like this very pure rosehip oil. It's like bright orange. It's just so bursting with nutrients. And that is an amazing product for, for sensitive skin. And it's, you know, it's just oil. So I say go for, go for some oils, some botanical oils. And she asked about cleanser specifically. I feel like she should try the Gtox, right? Oh, yeah. True. Yes, definitely. Because it's, um, it's definitely not an oily cleanser. And it's wonderful for, it just sort of leaves your skin soft but fresh. Yeah, it's great. And has some like fruit acids in there and full of antioxidants. That's it for today's episode. Thanks again for joining us on the Goop Beauty Closet. You can learn more about our podcast series at goop.com slash beauty closet podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to listen to other great episodes by subscribing on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a review while you're there. Bye.